something that's fashioned against us will stand. Greetings, I'm Will Tompkins, and this is the Narrow Way Podcast. This series of episodes is our study of John Bunyan's timeless book, The Pilgrim's Progress, Part 2, Christiana's Story. Links to our source text will be found in the description field of each episode in this series. In this episode, we'll be discussing the one named Old Honest. But first, a moment of prayer. O gracious Father, so grateful are we for your presence here with us during this time of learning and fellowship. Open our ears and tune them that we may hear your truth. Strengthen us that we may act upon these truths and be the first to say, Here I am, Lord. Send me. In Jesus' name, amen. Now I want to pause here for a moment to mention something that may not be immediately apparent. It wasn't that long ago that we read our pilgrims had left the city of destruction, and so it may seem as though they've been on pilgrimage for several months. But in reality, if you can say that about an allegory, They've been on the narrow way for several years now. Indeed, notice how the children are now speaking in a more authoritative manner, taking responsibility and asking adult questions. I dare say the age of majority for them is not far off. So to put this into perspective, the time frame for this part two, Christiana's story, spans from the city of destruction to the end of her life in this world. Now, our review of the previous lesson, The Valley of the Shadow of Death. So what does this Valley of the Shadow of Death represent, and what does it teach us? Commentator Scott writes, It represents the inward distress, conflict, and alarm arising from darkness. The darkness referred to here is the darkness that comes upon us as we take our eyes off of Jesus. And what does this valley teach us? For that, let's read what Christiana's young son, Samuel, says. Oh, it is not so bad to have to go through it once. Think what it would be to have to stay here always. And for all I know, one reason we must go this way to the house prepared for us is so that our home will seem all the sweeter to us. Amen. Now, on to today's lesson, Old Honest. As our pilgrims leave the valley of the shadow of death, they went to the ascent, a hill, if you will, that lay just ahead, and there they rested and refreshed themselves with food and drink. And as they were resting, Christiana asks Greatheart if he'd been hurt in his battle with the giant Maul. What does he answer? Just a few flesh wounds, he tells her. But rather than being a deterrent, he says, It is my proof of love and allegiance to my master and to you, my pilgrims. In other words, Greatheart considers both the battle and the ensuing wounds a badge of honor. 
Are we not to do the same, loved ones? That is, suffer for the Lord as he suffered for us? Or are we taking cover every time a battle lies just ahead? Here's the message from 2 Corinthians 4, 7 through 12. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and not from us. We are hard-pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. For we who are alive are always being given over to death for Jesus' sake, so that his life may be revealed in our mortal body. So then, death is at work in us, but life is at work in you. Now Christiana has another question for Greatheart. But what did you think when he knocked you to the ground with his first blow? He answered that in like manner his master was served, and yet he it was that conquered at the last. At this, Matthew boldly responds, When you all have thought what you please, I think God has been wonderfully good unto us, both in bringing us out of this valley and in delivering us out of the hand of this enemy. For my part, I see no reason why we should distrust our God any longer since he has now, and in such a place as this, given us such testimony of his love as this. Has God delivered any of you from the enemy of darkness, loved ones? And if so, are you still holding back your full, unconditional trust? Now as they traveled a bit farther down the way, they see a craggy old oak tree, under which is an old pilgrim fast asleep. Of course, this is none other than Old Honest, the subject of this discourse. Now as Greatheart awakened him, Old Honest set his eyes upon Greatheart and jumps up, ready to do warfare. He wants to know why he's been awakened and what Greatheart's business is. Greatheart assures him that he and his pilgrims are friends and that he is their guide to the celestial city. Well, grateful is old Honest to hear that news, for he had feared that they were of that gang that robbed little faith of his money. Now Greatheart asks a question that we must ask ourselves, loved ones. What would you have done, he asked, if we indeed had been that gang of thieves? Old Honest answers here, and I'll read from the text. Done, said Mr. Honest. Why, I would have fought for as long as I had breath left in me, and if I had done so, I am sure you could not have prevailed over me, because a Christian can never be overcome unless he yields himself to it. Well spoken, says Greatheart. Old Honest tells Greatheart it's nice to meet someone who knows what a true pilgrimage is, for all the others think that we will be the most quickly overcome of all. In your trials, loved ones, are you, like old honest, fighting and praying until there's no breath left in you? 
or do you find yourself quickly overcome and yielding to evil? Now, up to this point in the story, our pilgrims don't know who this character is. But Greatheart is now reasonably certain he knows that this is old honesty and that he's from the town of stupidity. So he says, I have half of a guess of you, that your name is Old Honesty. Is it not? And he responds, Not honesty in the abstract, but honest is my name, and I wish that my nature agrees with what I am called. Greatheart comments that his town is worse than the city of destruction, and Old Honest agrees, saying, Yes, we lie more off from the sun, and so are more cold and senseless. But were a man in a mountain of ice, yet if the sun of righteousness will arise upon him, his frozen heart shall feel a thaw, and thus it hath been with me. Then our text tells us that Old Honest saluted all the pilgrims with a holy kiss of charity, or a kiss of peace, and asked their names. And so Christiana introduces herself, her children, and mercy. And upon her own introduction, he blessed them with a thousand good wishes. And like all others in part two of this book, he is well aware of her husband's travels, the wars he's won, his courage, his endurance, and his sincerity under all manner of trials and tribulations. Indeed, he says, all of these have made him famous. Next he turns to the four boys. Matthew, be thou like Matthew the publican, not in vice, but in virtue. And Samuel, said he, be thou like Samuel the prophet, a man of faith and prayer. And Joseph, be thou like Joseph in Potiphar's house, chaste and one that flies from temptation. And James, be thou like James the just, and like James the brother of our Lord. See Matthew 10.3, Psalms 99.6, and Genesis 39.1-18. And finally he turns to mercy and says, Mercy is thy name? By mercy shalt thou be sustained and carried through all those difficulties that shall assault thee in thy way, till thou shalt come thither, where thou shalt look the fountain of mercy in the face with comfort. Amen. Now let's go a bit deeper into this character, Old Honest. There is much to learn from this character who hails from the city of stupidity. First, Worldly smarts have nothing to do with spiritual smarts. That is the overriding message of Old Honest. And that we must put the lost, regardless of their current state, under the sun of righteousness until their hearts are melted. Amen. White writes, And yet our city is full of such stupid people. You will find as much spiritual stupidity among the rich and the lettered and the refined of this city as you will find among the ignorant and the vicious and the criminal classes. Thomas Aquinas asks, Is stupidity a sin? And he answers, Stupidity may come from natural incapacity, in which case it is not a sin. 
but it may come on the other hand of a man immersing his soul in the things of this world so as to shut out all the things of God and of the world to come, in which case stupidity is a deadly sin. So what kind of stupidity is he referring to? Well, it's not native brain power, is it? No, it's the stupidity of ignoring or turning away the message of the gospel. That was the problem with the town from which old honest comes from. The city of stupidity, off the sun's path, cold and dark, and thus so were its people. And not many of them made it out as old honest has done. Well, here's a question. Don't we all live in the city of stupidity? Well, what are we to do? And what do we tell the lost? Move south to where the sun shines in his strength, so that the hearts of ice are melted. And White adds, and where your stupefied soul is filled with spiritual sensibility. Amen. For were a man a mountain of ice, said old Honest, yet if the sun of righteousness will arise upon him, his frozen heart shall feel a thaw, and thus hath it been with me. Now, back to there's much to learn from this character, old Honest. Here are the second and third truths. Second, the celestial city cares not about the town you're from, whether it be stupid, destruction, vanity, or darkland, it only cares about your walk along the narrow way. So know with certainty, loved ones, that we must, and the lost, can escape, just as old Honest has done. And in that escaping, his mind was cleared and his heart thawed, so he took his time. He walked, if ever a pilgrim walked, all the way with an easy mind. And third, common honesty is not holiness. And old honest knew that growing without holiness, no man shall see God. Well, what is the formula for holiness? Faith plus obedience. We must, loved ones, abhor holiness that is not derived from Christ. Well, we'll end tonight's discussion with this old honest quote. My outside may be honest, said this old pilgrim, while all the time my heart is mostly unholy. My life is open to all men, but I must hide my heart with Christ in God. Amen. Well, loved ones, the overriding messages of this lesson. Strive. Keep walking, be spiritually honest, and bring the Son of Righteousness to the lost. Let us pray. Thank you, Father God, for being with us during this time we've had together for this learning, for this fellowship. Let us now remember, Father, that our power is from you and not from us. So, May we be ever mindful of your living word, that while we may be hard-pressed on every side, we are not crushed, 
perplexed but not in despair, persecuted but not abandoned, struck down but not destroyed. O Father God, we hold ever so tightly unto these your everlasting promises. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in our next lesson, we'll cover the character and history of Mr. Fearing. Until then, loved ones, may the Comforter be with you always to guide you in the way that leads to the city.